Good afternoon. You're listening to WVEW LP Brattleboro, 107.7 FM, your community radio station. Also streaming live online at WVEW.org. This is Indigo Radio, deepening understanding and making connections. On the air every Sunday at noon, we are a group of educators seeking to learn through engaging others in our community and throughout the world. You can also find us on Facebook, at Indigo Radio, and on Instagram. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host and guests, not the radio station. Today's show, we're going to be covering the People's Polyclinics in the Telugu-speaking region of India. I'm here in the studio with Selena Della Croce, who is a coordinator at Tricontinental Institute for Social, Research, so- Social Research's interregional office. Together, we're going to be interviewing Ambedkar Pindiga from Tricontinental Institute's Delhi office about a dossier entitled People's Polyclinics, the Initiative of the Telugu Communist Movement. Selena? Hi. So you can download the dossier if you'd like to read it on Tricontinental's website, which is thetricontinental.org, and it's available in English, Spanish, and Portuguese, and will soon be available in Hindi and Telugu. Today we'll be interviewing Ambedkar Pindiga, who's a researcher at the Delhi office of Tricontinental Institute for Social Research, and who carried out the primary research behind this dossier on people's polyclinics. As a student, Ambedkar was an active member of the Student Federation of India and was a front runner for Students Union President in 2014 at JNU University. Ambedkar is from the Telugu-speaking region that is at the heart of the polyclinic movement and the focus of this dossier. So we'll open with a song and hear briefly from Ambedkar on what this song is about. This song, Okka Rozaina, Okka Saraina, Communist Gabrathaku, Nestama. This means, at least for a day, at least once, live like a communist. The song is sung by Vande Matram Srinivas. This was written during the long march taken up by the CPIM Telangana State Committee against the bad rule of the Telangana State Government and fighting for better rights for the people. ఒక్కసారైనా ఆ గొప్ప నీకు తెలుస్తుంది మిత్రమా వర్గ రహిత స్వర్గం అది నేస్తమా వర్గ రహిత స్వర్గం అది నేస్తమా అచట మానవదేవిల సిల్లును మిత్రమా ఒక్క రోజైనా ఒక్కసారైనా కమ్యూనిస్టుగా బ్రతుకునేస్తమా ఆ గొప్ప నీకు తెలుస్తుంది మిత్రమా ఒక్కసారైనా 
I am Bekar. Thanks so much for joining us. You're a researcher at Tricontinental Institute for Social Research, which recently published a dossier on the Polyclinic poly Initiative in India in the Telugu-speaking region. Could you tell us a little bit about the initiative and what the political context is surrounding it? Yeah. Uh, thank you, Selina, for having me on your uh, radio show. Uh, this, uh, from Tricontinental Institute for Social Research, this month we have brought out a dossier which talks about the role of the communists in uh, shaping the health policy from the communist side. And in their own uh, bit, they started a small initiative that is in Andhra region. It's called the People's Polyclinic. It started off in 1946 by a great communist doctor called Punchalapalli Venkata. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Yeah. It started off by comrade who was a brother of our greatest communist leader of the region, comrade P. Sundaraya. Okay. Uh, his youngest brother's name was P. V. Ramchandra Reddy. He was asked by comrade Sundaraya to study medicine so that doc a doctor can be useful for the movement. That was when the communists were building their network in the country and they were starting to organize. That was in the 1930s. So that's when this initiative started. And you are from the Telugu-speaking region yourself, where the People's Polyclinic yes. Initiative. What has your experience yes. been with the initiative and, and its reach to people uh, who visit? Yeah, I'll briefly describe how this polyclinic works. Great. It is the People's Polyclinic. It's situated in Nellore district. It's one of the uh, southern districts of Andhra, currently Andhra Pradesh state. Otherwise, it was part of the combined Andhra Telangana regions. So this hospital functions with the minimist of costs. So the doctors there are committed doctors who believe in the cause of healthcare for the people. If you uh, know, India is one of the countries where out-of-pocket expenditure, that means the people pay the highest costs compared to any other country in the world. So it's the most expensive healthcare from the pocket. The people about 50 million every year are pushed into poverty, acute poverty because of the health health costs. So that's the con context of our political system in our country. And in that context, the People's Polyclinic functions quite the opposite. They only charge a bare minimum that they can sustain the hospital's functioning. Everything else is to the bone. The costs are to the bone for the patients. For example, if you want to meet, in the current context, if you want to visit a doctor, it costs about 20 rupees for registration and 50 rupees if you want to visit the doctor. That means it's less than a dollar to visit a doctor for uh, having your health checked up. 
How does that compare to the other hospitals in the region? Uh, see, the other hospitals, if you want to visit a doctor, you'll have to pay a minimum of uh, 200 to 500 rupees. That would be around, uh, say, $10, 5 to $10 easily for one visit. And where would that extra money go to if you were uh, visiting those other hospitals? Uh, that's the profit that goes to the hospitals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not only that. If you see the, uh, the secondary or the tertiary care in health, the hospital charges very minimum for an operation of a delivery of a baby or so. It's 10,000 rupees. But if it is in a private hospital, it will be anything between 50,000 to 1 lakh rupees in a corporate hospital. So you can understand what the contribution of this health initiative by the communists is playing in that region. And how has, so one of the things that you wrote in the dossier is that the poly clinic initiative, those, those clinics and those hospitals cost, charge 40% less for medical services than private hospitals in the, in the region near Nellore. So yeah. can you talk about how the presence of polyclinics has impacted the general access to healthcare in regions where they exist in the Telugu speaking region, maybe versus other areas of India that do not have poly, this kind of initiatives, people's polyclinic initiative? Yeah. So this polyclinic, see, is very small in terms of its reach. Nevertheless, it plays a significant role in the district where it is there. The head of the hospital, Dr. Rajeshwara, said because of the presence of the hospital in the district, they are able to contain the charges what an outside hospital can charge or not charge because the patient's or the service seekers, that is the common people who go to those private clinics, are always comparing the prices available in those hospitals with the people's polyclinic. So there is always a check on those private hospitals. Mm -hmm. If they are, uh, there is no, they can't charge anything that they like because in other parts of the country, if you see the cost of health is very high. But in that district particularly, they are able uh, to dictate the market what the prices will be because of the presence of the people's polyclinic. Not only that, in Hyderabad recently, 2003, with the help of the CITU, that's a trade union, left trade union, they have started a multi-speciality hospital. It also functions in the same thing. It's called the people's hospital. And they are providing advanced medicine compared to PPC in Nellore. And even they are able to provide a, a medicine at a very low cost. That's great. And that's through the trade union the, at the CITU? Or what is yes, the, yes, what is the yes, relationship to the left movement? What is the relationship between the People's Poly Clinic Initiative and the left movements in India, whether the CITU in Hyderabad or, um, or the communist yeah. movement in the Telugu-speaking region. Yeah, People's Polyclinic, when it was started off by Dr. Ramchandra Reddy, the idea was that medicine, modern medicine has to be available to the people. With that initiative, 
they formed a trust which will govern this hospital which ha- in the trust there are uh, people from the communist party of india marxist who are guiding how uh, the hospital or the healthcare that has to be there but the doctors to the administrative part the communist members communist party members are there as a present so that they can guide in the functioning of the hospital what is the link the link is there in the management so they don't intervene directly but their inspiration and everything is from the communist party uh also the role that the uh, people's polyclinic played in training doctors is important you should remember in the dossier we had said that people who finish their mbbs that is the undergraduation in medicine come there for a period of 3 years get trained in complete uh healthcare in all departments they are trained so that they can go to rural parts of the country where there is no access to modern medicine they can function independently without uh taking help of any other specialist doctors so that is the most unique part of this hospital can you talk a little bit more in the dossier you talk about the first aiders volunteers and kind of the the level to which having volunteers even if they're not fully trained doctors can provide really essential medical services because and also you talk about the relationship to class and to caste so it's not just that people don't have access to surgeries that they need it's that a lot well any yeah so could you talk about kind of what this volunteer movement is and how it's able yeah. to provide medical services right yeah given so the training when this hospital was functioning in the 50s 1950s dr ramchandra reddy and others who were working in the hospital realized the importance of having trained first aiders that means any common person who has a basic knowledge of reading and writing can be trained to function as a health volunteer what it means is that they are given training in first aid how to identify common diseases how to do uh, i mean clean a wound Uh, if there is a deep cut how to clean the wound and give stitches and also help in educating people about what measures they should take so that they are not affected by communicable diseases for example uh, in nellore when dr ramchandra reddy was there cholera used to be a huge problem and it was a communicable disease right mm-hmm. so what these health volunteers did was they went to village after village ensured that there is clean drinking water and the water was boiled and people were made aware of what they should do and what they shouldn't do this is important because in india villages are structured around caste lines meaning their village a village exists but people are residing in ghettos literally in ghettos means people of a particular caste are residing in one part of the village people of a different caste are existing in another part of the village but then close to the village there's a small hamlet that's a separate colony where people in the lowest of the caste category that is the so called untouchables legally there is untouchability is banned in india but in its functioning they still exist 
So village after village will have a small outside the village a ghetto, which is mostly resided by the untouchables. So at, during that period when there were a lot of epidemics and health crisis, the people were prevented to enter the main village. So Dr. Sam the Common has felt that this is not to be accepted. So they devised mechanisms so that even the people from that region have access to modern medicine in terms of, even terms of emergencies. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit? And also... Sorry, no, no, go ahead. Yeah. What these first aiders do, the, there's a new batch that's going to come now to the uh, People's Polyclinic in Nellore this February. About 30 people from the remote tribal villages. Say, for example, uh, the native Indians in the United States or the people living in Amazon uh, area where they're cut off from all the access to the so-called modern facilities. People from like that similar areas uh, exist in India where they're cut out from all uh, linkage to a hospital, to roads even. So people from that area are coming to the hospital this uh, month. I think, in fact, they would have already joined. 30 of them would be there in the hospital for two months and they would be receiving all the uh, I mean, uh, instructions on how to do first aid, do basic medicine, identify different diseases. And if they are able to treat, they will treat. Or if they are not, they will connect them to a nearby, mm. uh, a bigger healthcare center, which has access to specialists and uh, trained doctors. Yeah. That's great. So I want to just read um, a short quote from the dossier about that, that in terms of the the scale of caste issues and, and how much that is exacerbating or causing the health crisis. So what what you write in the dossier is that, quote, this, uh, this not only leads to caste, not only leads to high death rates, but also economic destruction. The problems are not just medical, but also social. <clears throat> Dr. Ram right. recognized that 90% of the diseases that impacted the rural poor did not require the services of a medical doctor. Primary health care and social campaigns against the caste system, for instance, would be sufficient in many cases. So, are you... So, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, see, what happens is we're all aware of economic boycott. This is a term we also hear when big countries try to do blockades against smaller countries, say, for example, Cuba, which is suffering because of economic blockade. Mm -hmm. Similarly, even in uh, caste societies, people are boycotted. Economically, they are cut off. They are not allowed to do trade so as to punish them and to actually force them to toe the line. And that is one of the reasons why Dr. Felt that we have to go into areas where people don't have access to healthcare, especially the lower caste, because 90% of these diseases that the poor suffer do not actually require a so-called medical doctor. Mm -hmm. All that can be done is treat, uh, pe make people aware of having good hygiene, having good access to boiled water, because if you boil water, you can 
kill all kinds of waterborne disease and if you keep your area clean you can take care of the vector borne disease like malaria dengue and all kinds of disease so this is what the doctor had decided then and also the hospital took many social campaigns for example they played a major role in the anti arak movement that mm. took place in the uh, early 1990s what happened was the government introduced cheap liquor before the working class after their physical heavy work during the day they used to consume the naturally available toddy that's toddy means it's available from the palm trees mm. they used to consume that but then the uh, ruling class introduced cheap liquor which was actually very harsh on the people's health mm-hmm. many were losing their lives many were becoming addicts and it was creating a havoc in the rural societies mm-hmm. and this anti harak movement had its basis in the people's polyclinic there was a program that was designed where the women's movement led by the all india democratic women's association the people's science movement did a massive campaign and throughout the telugu speaking region uh, where doctors were also present in the movement going and talking to the people because doctors are having a very high status in our society people eagerly listen to what the doctor has to say because it's a matter of life and death so when a doctor says something people follow it with utmost care yeah so in that context the health movement was built around the ppc's model um so ambedkar you talked about how the work um In the dossier you talked about doctors who work at the people's polyclinics understand that their work is political and yes within these um social movements in the region and um how are how is the work shaping people's uh, views on um on how um on how practice should be run like why would people be why would people choose to work in a polyclinic that isn't making profits and why would uh what does that mean the work is political yeah that's a very important question uh the people's uh, people's polyclinic initially used to train doctors who were associated with the movement the left progressive movement so doctors who were uh, part of the students movement or who were elsewhere uh studying and were progressive they could apply to the hospital to get trained so the doctor who was going to receive training from the hospital were committed leftist activists themselves so that was the first criteria mm-hmm. and they very well knew their role in the society being a political activist and then when they got trained and they realized just not being a doctor but a committed doctor who provides for the people because poverty is so high and uh, access to healthcare was very limited then and even now that it's because if you st- take the case of a daily wage worker in india they would get a maximum of 200 rupees 
per day. That's less than $3 per whole day. And if you have to visit a private clinic, a corporate hospital, you would have to forego three days of your wage earnings to just visit a doctor. Forget the medicine. So just see the role these doctors train and the people's polyclinic are paying or what role they're playing. So suppose a doctor who is trained in the people's polyclinic set up a hospital, say, if you take the case of Dr. Gain and then Dr. Prasunna, there you can visit the doctor for a whole month with by just paying rupees 50. That is less than a dollar. Yeah. All right. And they are prescribed medicine that are good quality generic medicines. So compared to the branded medicines, you are getting good medicines for a very, very low cost. In that way, they are able to make a difference in the lives of the working class people. Uh And not only that, they are also committed in other different movements. Say, All the doctors trained are having a role in one science movement or say the trade union movement or the women's movement in one or the other. They are active politically, taking part, guiding, being as activists. So they are completely committed doctors in that sense. Yeah. Is are the polyclinics seen as a threat by the um, by the right and by big healthcare companies? Uh, see, at the moment, I don't think the big corporate hospitals. Leaving Nellore, leaving out Nellore district where the biggest uh, polyclinic is there. In other places, I don't see them. They, I don't think they see the PPCs as a threat. But in Nellore, they wish that the polyclinic did not exist. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk about, so in the dossier and, and you write in, also you mentioned as well that the, poly, the polyclinic initiative was kind of born from the communist movement. Can you, yes. and other other dossiers written by the Delhi office of Tricontinental have also talked about projects. I know uh, one of your colleagues, Subin, wrote about the housing project in Solapur where the CITU also kind of created housing projects very specifically to meet yes. the like material needs of workers, workers who right. maybe have a need for healthcare, who have a need for housing, right. who have a need yes. in the wake of floods, like there was a huge flood in Kerala, biggest flood in, I think, 97 years that devastated entire communities. And so in these different examples, including the polyclinic initiative, the left has kind of not just had these broader ideas about structural change, but done very specific things to meet people's, working people's everyday needs. And I'm wondering if you can talk about that connection and also how, because there's one thing is to meet people's immediate needs, which is very urgent and pressing and very real. But there's also this broader struggle to fight against the structures that are creating that, right? There's a healthcare crisis in India because as a result of this capitalist system. And so what is this connection between the initiative providing immediate needs and this and these movements like the CITU and like the Communist Party of India, Marxist and the different left movements to address these structural issues? Like how do those two things uh, connect? Yeah. See, that's a very important uh, point you have raised. We are also fighting the structures, but also taking part in the immediate needs of the people. 
uh, I see it, or most of us see it, as a very important work of the Communist Party of India, Marxist, and other progressive organizations, is because we have to create an alternative society. We can't wait for the so-called revolution to take place and then work on a building a new society. We have to start off in our own little ways where we can. And I think that's part of the project. If you see the Sholapur, where the CITU uh, workers have built a housing society for the poorest of the workers, this housing society is for people who are uh, rolling BDs, say the cheapest form of cigarettes. I mean, yeah. So these are workers who are paid very minimum, may say, whole day they may make around 200 rupees currently. And they have very less savings that they can afford a house even after 30, 40 years. So the CITU formed a housing society, pulled in money together and impressed upon the government to sanction them some funds so that they can have their own housing colony. Similarly, in Kerala, this Kudumbasri Women's Cooperative, it's again a cooperative formed of poor working women. In different areas they function, say in terms of health or another very good example is of agriculture workers' women have formed a, uh, a collective where they bid land from the government or other people, they take control of the land, they grow their crops and they sell them. And they're able to make a certain excess, uh, not profit, but uh, more than uh, with all the costs included, they're able to get a certain excess from minusing their costs. This is important because throughout the country, in, throughout even Kerala state, agriculture is going through a crisis. And in our dossier, uh, Sainath has pointed out that it is only in this form of collective farming that the people are able to make some, the small farmers are able to make some money. And also, if you see the work that we had documented on the worst kind of floods that took place in Kerala, the government, which is now being run by the communists, it had played a major role in mitigating the destruction that was caused by the floods. But also if you see, the people from all kinds of life came and helped in the rehabilitation. In that instance, the trade union, the student movement, the youth movement, everybody played a role. So how does... How does this so this support for immediate needs kind of support the longer term struggle? Just for a counterpoint, something that I read about, not in the dossier, but that it was fascinating to me to learn is that the RSS, which is a far right fascist organization in India, also has specific examples where they provide immediate support. But it, but they do that in order to for a very different purpose, right? Their agenda is is fascist, right? It's not, it's very, very far from, from the, the vision of the left movements in India. And so I'm wondering what the connection is, if you could talk a little bit more specifically about the connection between these movements that 
these initiatives that address immediate needs and how that relates to this broader this broader struggle to impact structural issues. Right. See, even the fastest everywhere, and for that matter in India, the RSS knows that if the people's immediate needs needs are not addressed or totally addressed from their side, people would rally against them and they would cause a major political turmoil. So, they also do this token so-called uh, 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 token support, say, in terms of education, in terms of, say, maybe uh, health care. But these are all token uh, and they work in ashram schools. But their, pro their agenda is a different agenda. From them, they are trying to train people to be right-wingers. So their agenda is to train people to be part of their fastest movement. So their concentration in the schools, ashram schools is proper indoctrination of the Hindutva values, which is actually goes against the Indian constitution, where the constitution or majority of the people aspire for a secular society, an equal society, free from all kinds of prejudices. But the RSS and the right-wing organizations, they create a prejudiced view of the society. They try to blame the others for their social conditions. It's same. They are inspired by the Nazis of the Germany, where all the problems Germany was facing, they showed, was because of one particular community, the Jews. Here, similarly, in different contexts, the RSS tries to pit the problems against on one community and say all their problems exist because of the Muslims or in some areas because of the Christians, in some areas because of the Dalits. So it's a trade game that they have, but also token initiative they have to take because otherwise people will blow up the system. Yeah. Can you talk a it's little... Just, but it's just a matter of time that the people will realize the game that is being played by the RSS and they will rally with the working class for building a better society. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what the vision of the left is and how that's different? So you, you talked about how when far-right fascist organizations like the RSS provide material support, it's like a token thing to kind of further this um, this agenda that scapegoats minorities. Um, right. Can you talk, in contrast to that, there are all these projects, right? The the polyclinic, the people's polyclinics and Kudumbashri and, and the Solapur housing initiative. Can you talk about how the vision of the left, what, what the vision of the left is and how this provision of material supports ties into that? Right. Before that, I would want to just bring to your notice and to the viewers, I mean, to your listeners, the right, which talks about healthcare and all as token, you can see it from their policies. In the recent budget that was passed on 1st February, the government, central government led by the Modi government, which is, I mean, the policies are dependent on the RSS. They have proposed that all the district hospitals in the country, there are more than 500 districts in the country, 
and all the district hospitals are going to be privatized hmm. they are going to be taken over by the private medical colleges hmm. what that means is going to be a health crisis for the most of the people see you know on one hand they may be do- doing this token uh, initiatives and trying to say that they are with the people but their policies is completely neoliberal completely capitalistic but on the other hand if you see the initiative of the left how can you see the initiative of the left we can take the example of the state government of kerala which is being led by comrade pinarayi vijayan who is part of the cpim if you see the functioning of their government you can see what a communist government can do for the people all their public hospitals are modern equipped hospitals their schooling system is the best so if you see the awards that the government receives the state governments receives for access to healthcare it's the kerala government access to good education it's the kerala government and access to all kinds of amenities that are basic needs of the people that is being provided by the left government for example now right to access to internet has been made a fundamental right mm. so you can see what a left government has a vision and what it can do mm. what is the potential for the polyclinic the people's polyclinic initiative in the telugu speaking region to grow like you mentioned i actually didn't realize that there's now this initiative in hyderabad and in it so what you've talked about it as this really incredible and inspiring example but that has been restricted to more specific areas in india how do you see that growing beyond nellore and beyond these other districts see if you see in nellore there is a big massive hospital which is about 250 bedded hospital that is a polyclinic and you see there is another uh, major hospital in hyderabad the people's hospital started by catu which functions on the similar lines but it is a multi specialty hospital and in different parts of the telugu regions there are committed doctors who were trained in the people's polyclinic in nellore they have established their own little private clinics on the models of the polyclinic so these have a massive scope for growing because they provide cheap access to medicines and also the cost of visiting a doctor is very low so there is a massive thing and also the communist party of telangana has realized this they have many uh hospitals running in their uh, their party offices these are clinics outpatient clinics meaning that from a particular time to time a, a qualified medical doctor would come sit in the office and patients would visit during that period so like this they have taken many initiatives and there is more scope for starting a fully fledged hospital in many parts of the state and rest of the country one more instance is the telangana cpim has decided that in every district they will open medical shops that sells generic medicines what that means is the costs of medicines would come down by four fifths suppose the cost of a medicine a branded medicine say costs 
100 rupees the generic medicines that the communists run medical shops would provide them at 20 rupees like this there are there is a scope and in the dossier we had mentioned that regularly they are holding medical camps for uh, say the disease that are grown out of lifestyle because we have started having the uh, lifestyle that is completely different from what existed 50 60 years back uh, depending on a single monocrop food or having access to colas and all so hypertension and diabetes are one of the most uh, uh, disease that are affecting the people at large in the telugu regions and in other parts these are the growing, uh, the, the people affected by these diseases is increasing so regularly there are medical camps and they are providing medicines for a whole month for a whole month for only 100 rupees that is less than 2 dollars for a whole month people are provided medicines for diabetes for a whole i mean and hypertension yeah so it's just that more of these initiatives have will be taken up i think i hope and they will be taken up seriously. Yeah. Um, Ambedkar seems that the polyclinics have a lot of the people's support. So what would some of the obstacles be for um them growing? Uh yes. The obstacles is most of the doctors we had interviewed when we asked what do you think are the challenges for polyclinics? If you see, they said that first for anybody to be interested in polyclinic a doctor has to receive cheap education that means the education that a doctor currently receives is anywhere between 5 lakh to 20 lakhs to 1 crore so the doctors who are studying in private colleges and all spend a whole lot of money similarly it's in the west the us where people take loans and study here it's the same case so what is in the mind of any student who passes out is how do they repay their loan mm. right yeah. yeah so even the doctors even if they are very good uh, wanting to start a polyclinic on their minds is how do we pay off our loan so that's the mm. first challenge and if that is not that's the only thing otherwise doctors are many are committed to go back to the villages and set up these polyclinics which will be meeting the needs of the people yeah yeah Okay so earlier you had brought up in the anti-arc struggle and with the role of Edwa the, Edwa the women's organization I'm kind of wondering yes. what the role of gender is in leading the polyclinic movement um and I wanted to link it to a letter it wasn't in the dossier but Vijay Prashad the executive director of Tricontinental Institute had written about how women are often the first as main caretakers of their families are often the first and the hardest hit by these kinds of crises so in that context he was writing about austerity measures when all of a sudden there's no access to healthcare or government assistance that women kind of yes. have to are are forced into this role of leading the fight not forced into but that is kind of their they often take that kind of protagonist role and i'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what that looks like in india and in the people's polyclinic initiative and and the movements and struggles that have come out of that that you mentioned earlier right so uh in india 
we'll talk about the state policy and then we'll talk about the alternate that the left is providing in india women or the primary health activists they are called asha workers they are not treated as workers by the state they are treated as volunteers what that means is that they are not entitled to full wage or other benefits that a employee or a worker gets they are treated as volunteers thereby they can just be given a token money and all their labor can be extracted so that is what is happening in most of the uh, women workers who are working in across the country they are asha workers that is what happens they what these asha workers do is they take care of say polio drops for the people or if anybody is affected by communicable disease like tb or so they go give provide them medicines or if a woman is carrying expecting a child they take them to the nearest healthcare center and provide all kinds of support and these asha workers are not treated as a full time employee but as volunteers so what the left has done from cito is that they have formed trade union among the asha workers so that they, they can fight for their rights so every state after state women have taken up major struggles and strikes to increase their wages that is equivalent to a minimum wage and also to be recognized as health providers and what the left or the people's polyclinic has done is that it has started a medical uh college a nursing college for girls who want to be trained as midwifery and so on they have started a, a nursing college where every year certain students come and join the college a train for 3 years they go back and work in different parts of the hospitals or they can work under some doctor but with a higher grade of pay what the currently these activists get they would be getting a higher grade and mostly if i can say the left has been able to bring them under the fold of a trade union so that they can fight on a larger scale across the country So I'm just going to read a just an excerpt from that letter. It's the name of the letter by Vijay Prashad, uh, as well as some other authors, Pilar Troya, Roxanne Dunbartis, and Anna Moldenal, is a letter to intellectuals who deride revolutions in the name of purity. And I think while it's not specifically about India or the Polyclinic Initiative, um, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on on how these ideas connect to this to that context. And so he writes, or they write. The breakdown of crucial support systems put a burden on the care economy, which is largely maintained for patriarchal reasons by women. If the invisible hand failed to take care of people, the invisible heart had to do so. It was the experience of the cuts in the care economy that deepened the radicalization of women in our societies. Their feminism emerged from their experience of patriarchy and structural adjustment policies. Capitalism's tendency to harness violence and deprivation hastened the journey of working class women and indigenous feminism directly into socialist projects and in, in this case he's talk, they're talking about Chavez and Morales but how is is there and does that at all resonate with with this political context of the people's polyclinic initiative movement in in India or what are your thoughts around that uh people 
people's polyclinic movement, not per se, but I can say the case of the uh, CITU and the IDWA. They have a massive presence across the country. And these same policies, these neoliberal policies, which have actually caused havoc among the in the lives of the working class, have recommended same measures even in India. So the care work that you talk about in Bolivia, Ecuador and Venezuela in the letter, mm -hmm. uh, the same thing has happened here. Women access to health care or even their own working conditions have been uh, have been made very vulnerable. So the Anganwadi workers, Anganwadi workers are women who provide daycare for the babies uh, from three to the age of five. They provide uh, one half a day care for the babies. So where the children are made to learn, play games, they are provided basic meals. Even those Anganwadi centers have been deprived of funds. There's a massive cut. They are now being forced to, I mean, the pol there's a policy that is being introduced that would introduce ready-made food like say biscuits and all kinds of corporate pushed food, food, but otherwise they were being provided home-cooked food, fresh-cooked food. But these measures are being introduced because of the neoliberal policies. So Aidwa and CITU through Anganwadi workers, midday meal workers, say ASHA workers, these are all women groups. They have been affected by the neoliberal policies. They are waging a very big battle. And even the women working in the trade union and uh, garment workers, these are all women. They are fighting a heroic battle. So if you see, recently in the state of Andhra Pradesh, the Asha workers and Anganwadi workers did a massive struggle and they were able to achieve certain increase in their pay grade. Last year, similarly, in state of Haryana, women did a massive strike, the Asha workers and the Anganwadi workers, and they were able to get certain benefits. So this feminism that we see in the literally doesn't operate, but there are different kinds of feminisms that the women understand how patriarchy operates and how the policies reinforce a patriarchy on their living conditions. So they are organizing themselves in different groups and they're coming together to fight in their own ways. But at the end, they are also fighting the policies that are causing this uh, havoc in their lives. Um, can you speak more about, um, like, there's been a huge uprising of people against the Citizen um, Amendment or Citizen Amendment yeah. Act. And um, right. yeah. so what is the, to what extent have the PPCs been able to combat uh, religious fundamentalism and the um, issue of what you mentioned is uh, cow lynchings for, of suspected eaters of beef? Right. Yeah, just to uh, add to sorry, Amika, um, just to add to that question a little bit. In the in, there's a part of the dossier where you talk about specifically how there are these two doctors. One is a Hindu doctor, and one is a Muslim doctor. And how, as part since these polyclinics, these people's polyclinics are part of kind of there's a political perspective um, and vision of 
that kind of grounds them that they're able to combat social issues as well. You talked about the anti-Arik movement earlier. And so I'm wondering if there's how much that ties in, in addition to what Corey was saying, how much that ties into being able to combat cow lynchings and violence against non-Hindus and other minorities. So, yeah. Uh, It's a very interesting uh, question because a hospital usually is understood that it should only talk about people's health or issues related to it. But the PPC in Nellore and the doctors who were trained there in the rest of the Telugu-speaking areas play a major role in having religious brotherhood. So I'll talk about what this meant for the People's Polyclinics politics. Initially, when the Dr. Ram started off this hospital, there was, Rah- there was Rahim. He's from the Muslim community. He was the hospital help, say, uh, attender, or you can call him as a compounder. But he was very much important for the people's polyclinic. So, Rahim and Dr. Ram were called Rahim, Ram Rahim. That means, in India, Ram Rahim is understood as brother, brotherhood different between Hindus and Muslims. So, when the communal riots used to take place in Nellore, Dr. Ram and Rahim played a major role in bringing down these tensions. The hospital played a major role in working with the communities and bringing about brotherhood. And this philosophy is imbibed by every doctor who gets trained in the PPC in Nellore. So you take the case of uh, other doctors in the rest of the states, they also do such work. So in uh, one of our dossiers, we had talked about how Dr. Prasanna and Dr. Gayanam, part of the people science movement, the Janavignana Vedika, take part in rallies and take part in brotherhood programs. And recently, the hospital staff and all were given a, a lecture on the Citizenship Amendment Act which uh, recognizes uh, only certain refugees can get uh, citizenship, but the Muslims are left out. So how this law is going to play havoc in the country and how as uh, progressive doctors and progressive healthcare providers, we have to fight these things. So in different parts of the state, there are initiatives being taken, public agitations are being taken up to fight against this discriminatory law. And not only that, they have formed collectives of different social movements and they're doing day-to-day programs. And to add on to the previous question of fighting patriarchy, these protest movements that have sprung up in different parts of the country, especially there is one that is called the Shahin Bagh in Delhi, which sprung up against this law, which was led by movement uh, women and even led by women now. In different parts of the country, women are coming out on streets. They're doing 24-7 sit-ins in those protest areas. And first time, they're all first-time activists. You can't, you couldn't expect them to come out of their homes otherwise but this bill which is discriminatory against the uh, religious minorities especially the muslims have forced them to come out on streets and fight 
So I think we're just about out of time, but is there anything else you want to add that we didn't have a chance to talk about? Uh, I just want to say that communists everywhere, be it India, be it Cuba, be it China, or any other area, uh, the newsletter that Vijay has uh, recently sent out, it's time of solidarity and not cry, uh, and not uh, discrimination or kind of uh, pushing out the others. It's important that we all recognize that such movements or such initiatives are taken up everywhere. It's just that we have to make connections so that in solidarity we can grow faster and we can move for a better society at a rapid pace. So hope even in the United States such small initiatives comes because uh, we had read in news last year how uh, uh, one individual had to die because he couldn't afford the insulin mm -hmm. which was expensive and many people cross the border to Canada to buy cheaper medicine. I hope this dossier of ours gives springs to different health activists and activists across the world to start their own initiatives so that people benefit in the end. Yeah. yeah it, thank you so much for joining us. I, just to end, I really want to lift up what you said earlier about not having to wait for some future that we can start to build the world that we want to live in now. And you, right. the dossier that you wrote very, very beautifully ends on this quote that the poly, the people's poly clinics give people, quote, uh, an, the idea of an alternative to the capitalist system of healthcare delivery, which is not only possible, it's realistic and necessary. And I think in addition to right. being realistic and necessary, it exists today. And I, I want to thank you for doing the research and the work of bringing this example to other parts of the world and for joining us today to help show people here the important work that's happening. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. And it's a collective effort from Tri-Continental Institute for Social Research. So it's a uh, collective work that we bring out these uh, write-ups. Yeah, thanks to the team. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you, Abedkar. Yeah. Okay. yeah, thank you. And we're out of time for today. Um, you're listening to WVEW LP Brattleboro, 107.7 FM. And this was Indigo Radio. We... Uh, interviewed Ambedkar about the people's polyclinics in um, the Telugu-speaking region of India. And before we uh, sign out, I just wanted to mention that there is a Brattleboro street medic training uh, that's coming up March 13th to 15th. And street medics are peer-trained community health workers who offer first responder and community wellness services at protests after natural disasters and in our own communities. And you can apply to be a part of that street medic training. It's, um, it's donation-based. Um, and that would be from March 13th to 15th. And it would run Friday from 4 to 9 p.m. Saturday and Sunday will be 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you have the time and you're able to do the street medic training, I think it's an important thing for people in our community to be a part of. If you'd like to read the dossier in its entirety that Ambedkar talked about, you can visit thetricontinental.org. It's published by Tricontinental Institute for Social Research, and it's free online in English, Spanish, and Portuguese, coming soon in Hindi and Telugu. So we'll end on a song. Ambedkar will just speak briefly to what that's about. And before the song, I sh would also mention that the street medic application I'll put onto the Indigo Radio 
Facebook page. So you can click the link and the dossier link will be on that page as well. Um, and we'll end with a song. Bandanaka Bandika The song Bandanaka Bandikati Ye Bandle Poto Koduko. This is from a movie Mabumi. That means my land. This movie talks about the great Telangana peasants' arm struggle where people were fighting the Nizam. And the song talks about how this Nizam has even surpassed the Nazis in terms of oppressing people using his police and military power. So the people, this is the this song talks about it. This song. I know. Bandika, bandika.